From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast, the, well, are we calling it the post-combine edition, Mark, or are we calling it the Nick Foles edition? Well, it depends on where we go, but I'm guessing we're going to talk mostly about Nick Foles. Uh, we're going to start there. We okay. are going to talk combine because you were there. You were boots on the ground for the combine. Well, let's talk about Nick Foles. Um, this story may change by the time you've listened to this podcast, but this past weekend, reports out of Philly, sort of, I would call them connecting the dots. Get you know, Somebody did some good reporting, gathering information from a lot of different sources, and sort of connected the dots that, in essence, said... The Jags are the only one who are interested in Nick Foles. So Nick Foles is going to sign with the Jaguars, which I think the logic follows. When you heard about this, what was your reaction? Uh, well, I was, it was, it's good news. I think signing Nick Foles to the Jaguars would be a good thing. Um, but it's still early. Um, listen, this is the NFL. Until there's, pen, until there's pen to paper, this thing is not done. Um, a team could step in, and, and uh, their circumstances could change in a matter of days, and all of a sudden they're in, the, they're in the market for Nick Foles. But it does make sense. I don't think there's a lot of teams interested. Um, we seem to be the only one, but there's always some behind-the-scenes um, things going on in the NFL, especially at this time. But uh, uh, it's, just, it's just early. It's a little premature to be, to be uh, naming him the uh, 2019 starter for the Jaguars. Uh, let's give it a little time, but uh, all indications are is that he is going to be wearing the teal and the black. Forget that. I've already named him the 2019 most valuable player of the National Football League, Mark. I don't know why you're so behind the ball on this. Let's get going here. Let's get on this. Uh, I agree with you that it's, that it's not done until it's done. However, let's just do a roll call of the teams that we thought coming into this offseason would be in the market for a quarterback and where they stand right now as a result. Uh, it appears that, well, we know Denver Broncos needed a quarterback or two. John Elway traded for Joe Flacco, probably meaning he's going to draft a quarterback. Maybe Dwayne Haskins. We'll see what happens if they try to move around. Um, maybe they drew Locke. Maybe fits more for them. The strong arm guy that uh, might be a guy that Elway would like. So Denver's not going to be now going after Nick Foles. The New York Giants appear to be, at least they're saying this, ready to go with Eli for one more year. The Washington Redskins, they've got to deal with the big contract of Alex Smith, as well as whether he's going to come back from the injury or not. You would think that they may be in the market for a bridge quarterback or a, you know, a backup plus kind of quarterback. Um, I think Nick Foles would be too expensive for them with their salary cap the way they are. The Miami Dolphins haven't made a move yet with Ryan Tannehill. They could be a team that could come in here at the 11th hour and maybe make a move for Nick Foles as well. Anybody else that I'm leaving out of this mix? I don't think so. That's the only, uh, the only one that is interesting is, is, uh, is Miami. Uh, it seems like they are not interested in, in having Ryan Tannehill be their quarterback next year. Um, but it's, it's, they probably have to see if they could deal him. Um, if there's anybody they'd be interested in, in trading, and once they got rid of him, then they can get in the Nick Foles market. But uh, that would have to hap- have to happen fast. I don't think there would be a lot of interest in a Ryan Tannehill right now. So, 
you know, as you go through that, uh, I can't think of any other teams. It looks like the Jaguars, and it makes perfect sense that they're the uh, really the only team that's that's really pursuing him um, pretty hard. When the offseason began, I think we may have talked about this on one of the last Mark Brunel shows we did on TV, but we talked about the kind of the wish list of what could happen in the offseason for the Jaguars, what they needed. For me, Foles was at the top of the list if they could also make some other moves based on the salary cap. Well, now, if it's true that the Jaguars are the only team talking to the Foles camp, or only team that will be talking to the Foles camp, the tampering period doesn't start until the 11th, um, then that price tag may not be 20 or $21 million a year, as we thought. Maybe it's something in the you know, 15, 16, $17 million a year category, which could open up some more salary cap space for the Jaguars to make other moves here this offseason. If that is the case, I think it's a slam dunk move to bring in a guy who's an upgrade from who you ha- what you have on the roster, a guy who has done it in the postseason, even though he's not been a full-time starter the last several years. He certainly has delivered when he's been put in that situation, has been a full-time starter in the past. Is there any downside to this move? Because I right now, if they unless they pay him way more than I think they're going to, it seems like a slam dunk move for the Jaguars. Well, it's no. I, the only downside, Cole, is that if you're going to bring in Nick Foles in, um, what else are you going to do? Nick Foles uh, has has enjoyed some very good success up in Philly the last two years in the playoffs, and and uh, uh, but you have to understand, Nick Foles has been very good because he's been surrounded by some very good players, some dynamic players. Um, Nick Foles is one of those quarterbacks, and most of them are, that um, you have to give him uh, a, a good supporting cast. Who's Nick Foles going to throw to right now? Mm-hmm. How's that running game going to look? Are we going to be able to protect him? So um, if they are aggressive about uh, putting some pieces in place that can help and support Nick Foles to make Nick Foles look like the one that the, the Nick Foles that we've seen in the playoffs, Super Bowl MVP and all that, if you're done and you're just going to go out there and get some guys, uh, you, you've wasted your money. Um, you've got to go out there, and, and I'm hoping they're very great. I'm hoping that with that seventh pick in the draft, they go offense. Whatever that is, I don't even care. If it's a tight end, uh, receiver, it doesn't matter. But you've got to get some pieces around Nick Foles. If you don't, you've uh, like I said, um, then you've wasted your money on Nick Foles because uh, it's, it's imperative that he has some, some stars around him. All right, I'm going to play best-case scenario, worst-case scenario. I want you to punch holes in both of them. Okay. Best case scenario with the offense. Marquise Lee comes back. Looks like the Marquise Lee of old. Dede Westbrook continues to take steps forward as a receiver. Cam Robinson really comes back healthy and establishes himself as the you know, future uh, Pro Bowl-level left tackle that the Jaguars hope. Andrew Norwell settles back into his uh, level of play that he had in Carolina before last year when he signed. Brandon Linder comes back healthy, and they're in good shape. The Jaguars find uh, a right guard and a right tackle. Uh, maybe the right tackle is the draft pick. Could be a first-round pick, potentially, at right tackle, maybe. Uh, fi- but find guys who can shore up those positions, uh, whether that's A.J. Can or somebody else at right guard, a veteran, somebody who can just, they don't have to spend millions on a right tackle, but they get that going. Right. Um, they find a tight end, maybe in the second round of the draft, who can make it be, be an impact player, uh, at that position. Um, DJ Chark takes another step forward. Leonard Fournette's Wyoming workout plan of the offseason 
pays dividends. He gets his mind right, and he's back, and he looks more like the guy, and he stays healthy for the entire season. And Nick Foles has some very good players around him, and all he has to do is not lose games because that Jaguars defense is going to be back to where they need to be with a little bit of an attitude adjustment and maybe a couple little tweaks here or there. That's the best-case scenario. Punch some holes in it. There's a lot of ifs there. Um, and that would be ideal. It's something that we all want. Uh, Leonard Fournette, for me, is an if. And there's a lot of we don't knows. How will Mark Easley respond? Uh, the, the guys that were hurt online, will they get back to be 100%? I don't know what Norwell's deal is. But, you know, um, He went from being a, a very sought-after uh, guard that just, quite frankly, Cole, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, just played poorly. Well, yeah. Went from all-pro to what the heck how, how does that happen I don't get that so um you got to find a right guard right tackle um that's part of the deal um yeah we don't have a tight end you get one in the draft you know still a, still pretty young there so I, I I'm not to uh, um that would be great to get all those those guys back uh that's just a that's uh that's a lot to ask. It's a big ask to get, have all of that happen. I think it's a long shot. I think we need to add some players. I think we need a running back. We need a tight end. I think we need another receiver, and obviously we need some linemen. Um, again, just getting back to we, we got to do something for Nick Foles if we if we expect, expect to see the guy we saw in the playoffs the last couple of years. All right, worst-case scenario, Marquise Lee doesn't come back all the way from the injury. It never regains his speed that he had beforehand. DJ Chark never takes that next step. He, j- he still looks like a rookie next year. D.D. Westbrook is capped out as good as he can be. Um, he doesn't develop anymore. He has a hard time learning a new system. Uh, they don't fill in the spots at right guard and right tackle that they need to. Norwell plays the same way he did. Cam Robinson's too banged up. Linder is showing his age and, and sort of has plateaued as a player. Uh, Leonard Fournette is up eating elk steaks in Wyoming and comes in at 235 pounds and soft. And the only guy who shows up to camp in shape is Tommy Bohannon. <laughs> that is more likely, actually, all of that. The second scenario is more likely than the first. Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know. You know, I was talking to, I was talking to one of the coaches, uh, Jaguar coaches. I won't name up at the combine. We're having a good time. We're, we're, just, we're just talking. And, and uh, it was interesting because I talked to this guy before and you know, on game day, and obviously it's game day, and I thought, man, this guy's kind of stiff. I'm not getting much out of him. I talked to him at the combine. It's loose. We're looking at players. We're, we're laughing. We're talking. And, you know, he just said, you know, there are so many holes. There's so many gaps to fill. There's so many what-ifs. There's so many. And, uh, you know, and he's right. Um, he's right. And, and uh, I don't want to be, you know, Mr. Negative or anything like that. But, and I'm not talking about the defense. I just think on the offense, there's a long way to go. And then some good things will happen. Some not, good, not so good things will happen. I just, and I'm excited about Nick Foles. And I understand the Jaguars want to and have to win now. Because if they don't, there's going to be a new coaching staff. I thought that was kind of uh, pretty clear by the owner after the season in his statement. So if that's the case, who do they go get? They go to get quarterback because it starts there. Without a doubt, the most important uh, decision. But you've got a guy, and I think I said this in the last podcast, he's had elite moments, but he's not an elite quarterback. He's, if you're going to win right now, he is the best, best player to do that. You and I would both agree on that. Best um, guy available right now. Best guy available right now, there's no question. However, 
you better get some dudes around him to make him look like the Nick Foles we've seen in the playoffs last couple years. It's Dude Search 2019 for the Jaguars right now. Here we go. Here we go, baby. I like it. All right. So uh, that's for now. We'll have more on the quarterback situation uh, as we continue on here. I do want to talk about your experience at the Combine. You had, I won't call it unique because Chad Pennington had the same kind of opportunity, Mm but uh, you were... I don't know. Chaperone seems like a, a not quite yeah. on time, but sort of. You were a, um, a facilitator, a resource. Uh, actually, we use the word mentors up there. Okay. So, I think this was the fourth year, maybe the fifth year that Chad Pennington and I have, have split the quarterbacks. He takes. He had group five. I had group six of the quarterbacks. So who who did that mean? Who was in group six? Uh, group, my group. Uh, I had Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. I had Kyler Murray. Um, I wish I, I knew you were going to ask me this question because now now I had uh, the kid from Northwestern Clayton I forget mm-hmm. Clayton's last name we we're on a first name basis with all these guys and uh, um, and then I had I, I call them the combine arms which is which is terrible but they're the guys that come in early to the combine and leave uh, after the combine because they're throwing to the receiver or excuse me they, to, they throw the receivers but they're in charge of the running back drills, the tight end drills, any other kind of drills these guys throw. So they Are get, these college quarterbacks as well? College quarterbacks. So Easton Stick from uh, uh, North Dakota State. I had Brett Rippon, um, uh, Mark Rippon's nephew. And then um, uh, the Shermer kid uh, that, that was there. So, you know, you get about seven or eight quarterbacks. And we're there simply, Cole, to answer any questions, be a resource for them, sounding board, whatever you want. Uh, we're there on the field with them. We're at the bench press. Um, the opening night, we're there. We get an opportunity to talk with them and uh, just for kind of guide them through the process, be there for them. Um, some guys are very engaging, ask a bunch of questions. Uh, some guys don't, but uh, it, it's good to at least have a former player that's been through the process that was around for a little bit to be there for them. All right, so you mentioned last time, uh, the last podcast, that in past years – there have been some guys who have stood out to you in terms of the way that they conducted themselves, very professionally going in. Anybody stand out to you in that? I think Dak Prescott was a guy who really jumped out at you in the past. Um, anybody really uh, show themselves as far as that's concerned? A couple guys uh, jumped out at me in the last few years. Uh, Carson Wentz was one of them, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen, kid at Buffalo right now. Just real personable, friendly. The biggest thing that impressed me about those guys is that the combine wasn't too big for them. You know, they just they just went right through it. Uh, they were not over not overwhelmed. They weren't nervous. They handled it like a pro, like they had done it three times already. Uh, there wasn't one guy that handled it uh, uh, like those guys did. At least the guys that I was around. I also had the Auburn quarterback um, Stidham. Jared Stidham, and uh, if there was one guy that I thought was real comfortable, confident, had a good time, it would be Stidham from from uh, uh, from Auburn. Um, talked to talked to all the guys, met all the guys, and in fact, I I, I, I shook hands with uh, on the field with um, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, we showed that I photo. Just, yeah, but you know, I just I just had met him uh, right after he had run the forty, and at that moment, he was so mad that he didn't break five five uh, flat. Uh-huh. Uh, he got he got over five. He wanted to get in the four nine something like that, and he didn't. So I got him at a bad time, and. I shook his hand. They took that picture, of course, and, I, and he left, had to go do a drill. And I leaned over to Chad. I said, what's wrong with him? Because he, he, was, he was pretty upset. He said, ah, he was trying to get under five flat in the Ford. I said, okay, I guess I'd be mad too. Um, but uh, nobody really stood out. Um, 
some interesting personalities. Garter Minshew, the Washington State kid, real good personality. I like Stidham. I like the Northwestern kid. You know, all were good guys, and, uh, and that's, that's not always the case. But it was a good experience. Minshew still had the mustache going? Yeah, he kind of had the uh, – yeah, no, he, he, he took that off, uh, which was actually pretty smart. You know, you think about it. You got a lot of these GMs and these head coaches have been around for a long time, and uh, which they're old school. They don't want to see some guy coming in with the, you know, this mustache kind of thing, you know, and it, it gives the impression that they're not really taking this very seriously. And so it was probably pretty smart for him to not rock that mustache. I would have thought I thought it would be pretty cool, um, but uh, all these guys were on their best behavior, and, and I think uh, did did a very good job. All right, the other. Big talking point during the combine, as far as the quarterbacks was concerned, was Kyler Murray tipping the scales at 207 pounds and five foot ten and an eighth. Uh, you played with Drew Brees, who was maybe six one on his tiptoes. Uh, <laughs> you're rolling your eyes at me. Six six foot on his tiptoes. Six. I would guess, and, I, and of course Drew's not going to hear this. I would guess that Drew. Uh, if he's six foot, he's not. Uh, he's not. He's not anything more than six foot, in my opinion. I think I'm an inch and a half taller than him. But yeah. but uh, he would. I used to say that to him. He'd he'd want to fight in the locker room <laughs> when I would say that to him. But, but listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of undersized guys. Uh, um, listen, Russell Wilson's one of them. The fact that Kyler got to five ten was big for Kyler. It actually probably made him some money. He's going to go in the first round. There was talk about him being 5'9". He was 5'10 and 1'8 at 207. He had a little – if you see him, he's got some muscle to him. He's got some thickness to him. I mean, um, so, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a short guy, but, listen, he, he plays big. He's, he's probably the best quarterback there as far as if you put all the whole package together. Not the size package, but everything else, he's probably, probably the best there. Well, one of the storylines coming out of the uh... – of the combine is that Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury now as their head coach, a guy who was Kyler Murray's coach in college when he started, not when he finished obviously at Oklahoma, that they're going to take him with the number one pick of the draft. Can you imagine a five foot 10 inch quarterback being the number one pick in the NFL? Uh, I can, if it works out real well for him. I mean, <laughs> You know what? The the game is changing. You know, I had talked to a, a few coordinators up at the Combine, and, and the Combine's fun because you run into guys that you played with and played for, played against, and a lot of these guys are, you know, they're coaches now. And the game is changing. You know, if you, let's say you get a Kyler Murray, you don't plug him into it. Just, just the old pro-style system or, you know, you've got to be very creative and find out what his strengths are. Uh, how are we going to use Kyler Murray? Well, this is what he did well in college. This is what he's comfortable with. Um, guess what? That's what you do. I mean, you'd see a lot of the same things that you saw with Patrick Mahomes. You'd see Kyler Murray doing um, up-tempo, quick decisions, balls out of your hand, a lot of movement stuff. I mean, just um, not the same old, you know, Troy Aikman, three-step, five-step, seven-step, sit in the pocket and, and you know, go through your progressions. That's That's not Kyler Murray's game. So, it could be done. It takes a creative, progressive offensive mind. There's plenty of those out there, with Kingsbury being one of them. So it could happen. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the kid's really talented, and I'd be surprised if he, you know, he, he, uh, he wasn't a top pick. All right, you said you wanted something on offense with the Jaguars' seventh pick of the draft. Yes. Is a right tackle good enough? 
at seven, is that too high to take a right tackle, even though you have a need? I don't think it's too high to take a tackle. I think it's too high for us to take a tackle. I'd really like to, if at all possible, and I didn't look at him real closely, if there's a special um, receiver uh, out there in the top ten, I would love to get that player. I don't know who that is, Cole. Uh, I just know I just know that that right now I like our young players. Um, I think it's going to be hard for Marquise to come back uh, 100% healthy. Um, if there's a special receiver out there, and of course this is a quarterback saying this, I'm saying I'm saying do that, and um, and uh, you know, a future Antonio Brown, a future Megatron, a future uh, yeah, you name it. Yeah, you just you just keep on going. Just a, a kid like that. If that exists, I say you get him with the seventh. Don't do it on use it on defense. Use it on offense. Use it for Nick Foles. We got to score some points. And I'm just going to say this. I'm going to put this on record now, and reserve the right to change it as we get closer based on what happens in free agency. But I think. It's either going to be an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, oh, and I say that. No, I'm, I'm just. I'm, this is my prediction. Get out of my house. <laughs> Security, get him out of here. <laughs> Your Tiki Patrol is going to come by pretty soon. That's here. right. Uh, the reason I say that is because Tom Coughlin has not only talked, but he put it in his book for crying out loud. Quarterback, left tackle, pass rusher. Those are the things he wants to to, to draft early to to build around. I realize they drafted a defensive lineman last year. We don't know about Taven Bryan right now. Yeah, we do. Okay. You don't do. we? Well, I mean... Aren't first-round picks supposed to come in and make an immediate impact? No doubt. That didn't happen. I don't think they used him the right way, and I don't think he was ready to be used where he needed to be. They kept moving him around. That was, then that was a miss. Yeah. That's a miss. Yeah. You got it's, you know, we, what, how many games did we win? Four? Five. Yeah. Five. Excuse me. Five. Don't you dare short shrift the Jaguars. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Listen, that, that was a miss. I'm sorry. A kid under any circumstances, any circumstances, a first-round pick has to come in and make an impact. What, what makes us think that, that Taven – listen, I met the kid. I like the kid. What makes us think he's going to all of a sudden year two make an impact? Right. And, and he didn't give us a lot of, of, of evidence to build on mm-hmm. last year. I do think he'll be better just playing the he'll three technique. I agree. He'll be better. And having an offseason where he can not have to worry about getting drafted and all that stuff. I think he will be better. He doesn't look like a superstar to me. Of course, he's a late first-round pick, not a top-ten pick. True. Um, I think, especially if... I think there are so many good defensive linemen in this draft that it's likely that when the Jaguars pick at number seven, there may be three guys out of the group of four or five or six who fit in that spot who are going to be defensive linemen. Yeah. And and whether that's edge pass rusher or, or you know, a bigger guy, I think there's going to be somebody there. So I think there's as, as big a chance of that happening. Um... We'll see how it all plays out as we get closer to the draft. I don't think a wide receiver in the first round because I don't think those guys tend – usually rookie wide receivers don't do much for you in their rookie mm-hmm. year. And I think this coaching staff is so focused on winning now that they're going to find who can we get who's got the higher floor, not necessarily the higher ceiling right now. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, and listen, if Tom put in his book, he obviously believes in it. And guess what? The guy's a pretty, pretty smart guy. One, two Super Bowls, you, you can't really argue with that. I think every year is different. Um, and I think also because I'm a quarterback, guess what I want? You know, <laughs> Receivers, receivers, receivers. Receivers, receivers, receivers. And you know what? And, and, and when, I played, when I played for the Jaguars, if it wasn't a great tackle, I'd make the guy miss. So we, we could just do, you know, we don't have to spend a first-round pick, although we did pretty good with our first-round pick in 95. 
Um, Don't let him know that. Listen, I just my biggest thing is my biggest thing is I get defense. We're already already in all likelihood going to have a top ten, maybe a top five defense right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm a quarterback coming into the situation, yeah, listen, I, I just. I just want, we just need to do something on offense and, uh, and whoever that is at whatever position, uh, that would be great. But, um, listen, our defense will be pretty good, but in the national football league, you still gotta, you still gotta score some points and, and, uh, we'll see how that goes. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, big weekend coming up, gate river run. Then the following week, the players championship, then March madness. The week after that here in Jacksonville, it is going to be a big March and uh, free agency, big part of that as well. And the arrival of Nick Foles imminent. We'll be talking about it right here. Remember, you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the sports tab of newsforjacks.com. For Mark Brunell, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks so much for listening to Teal the Podcast.